Hello there, Patriots fans, and welcome on in to episode 11 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network and brought to you by the great people at SB Nation. I'm Mark Schofield, happy to be with you on Saturday, November 23rd, as another weekend of football awaits. Now, for those who are new to Radio Rewind, each Saturday, this show will bring you the best of what the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network had to offer over the course of the previous week from all of our shows. From the flagship Pat's Pulpit Podcast with Rich Hill and Alex Shane to Patriot Nation from Pat Lane and Ryan Spagnoli, our brand new show, Pulpit Playback, and the SCO Show with yours truly. In addition, this will give us a Pat's Pulpit a chance to get you caught up with any last-minute news before the weekend gets rolling and also cover some college games and even college players that should be on your radar if you're looking for something to do on Saturday. Also, you heard some great music to bring you in and out of these shows. That is Hope from Head of Music. You can check them out at headamusic.com. Now, don't forget, the snippets you will hear in the second half of the show are just a portion of the great stuff you will hear every day on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. You can get all of these shows by subscribing to Pat's Pulpit via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your shows. Don't forget to leave reviews for us as well. Five-star reviews are always appreciated. Now, we kick it off with some injury news from both teams as both Dallas and New England released some final Friday injury reports last night. Nobody listed as out for the New England Patriots. For the Dallas Cowboys linebacker Leighton Vander Esch, he is out. The random Pro Bowl linebacker underwent an MRI after experiencing symptoms in practice this week. A neck injury had sidelined him for Dallas's November 4th matchup with the New York Giants. Now, there's a whole slate of players listed as questionable for the Patriots. Running back Damian Harris with a hamstring. Wide receiver Mohamed Sanu with an ankle injury. And we're hearing murmurs that he might not be ready to go on Sunday. Or he might even be out for a couple of weeks. We'll wait to see on that. Philip Dorsett is still dealing with the concussion he suffered on the touchdown catch he had against the Philadelphia Eagles. Julian Edelman may be on that throw. He tweaked his shoulder because he's listed as questionable with a shoulder injury. Special teams ace Matthew Slater is questionable with a hamstring injury. Offensive tackle Marcus Cannon is dealing with an illness. Defensive end John Simon, a personal favorite of mine this year, he's dealing with an elbow injury. Juwan Bentley with a knee injury. Cornerback Jason McCourty with a groin. Safety Patrick Shun with a heel and chest injury. These are injuries he's been dealing with all season long. And safety Nate Ebner with an ankle and back injury. And of course... It wouldn't be a late-season Patriots game with Tom Brady popping up as questionable in the injury report, this time with a right elbow injury. Now, for the Cowboys, two players popped up, excuse me, three players popped up as questionable. Guard Connor Williams with a knee injury, and linebackers Joe Thomas and Donovan Wilson, a safety, with an illness designation. And more on that from Clarence Hill, who covers the Dallas Cowboys. And he tweeted out on Friday that flu is going around at the Cowboys facility. Quarterback Dak Prescott took some preventive medication on Friday. Linebackers Joe Thomas and safety Donovan Wilson have missed all week with the flu. Linebacker coach Ben Bloom has the flu. Linebacker Justin March had an infection. Quarterbacks Jordan Lewis and safety Xavier Woods are also recovering from the flu. So Dallas looks to be a bit under the weather as they make the trip to the Northeast to take on the Patriots. Now that's it for the pro game. Let's talk the college game for a second. And a couple weeks ago, I sort of debuted the rake scale in terms of how intriguing 
a college slate, the upcoming slate of games was. The first time we did this, it was a it was a one rake day, meaning you're not going to do a lot of yard work because we had Alabama, LSU. Last week was a three rake day. weren't a lot of really good games. This week, it's probably a four rake day. If you've got family coming into town for Thanksgiving, if you've got to get the house ready, if you've got to get things done, some shopping done, whatever, Saturday's probably a good day to take care of that stuff because there aren't really that many intriguing games on the schedule. And the best one of the day probably kicks off at noon with number eight, Penn State, making the trip to the horseshoe to take on number two, Ohio State. And that's really it, friends, in terms of games between top 25 teams. There isn't another one on the schedule. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. There's nothing. There's nothing. Probably the two most intriguing games to me as we get into the late afternoon and evening hours, you've got Arkansas, LSU, you get a chance to see Joe Burrow. That kicks off at 7 p.m. on ESPN. You get Oregon at Arizona State, 7.30 p.m. on ABC, all times Eastern. And then in the late night, little Pac-12 after dark, you get number seven, Utah at Arizona. Again, Utah still in the mix in the Pac-12. And Oregon State at Washington State. This gives me a chance to drop a name. Washington State quarterback Anthony Gordon. As we're getting closer and closer to draft season, as we're looking ahead to, of course, the playoffs and the NFL level, but senior bowl and draft season. Got a chance to dive into some Anthony Gordon tape over the past couple of days. And I got to tell you, friends, my spidey senses are tingling. So Anthony Gordon, I'm going to be keeping an eye on him as Washington State hosts Oregon State. But that's a look at what's rather a a down Saturday at the college level. Because look, every team is getting ready for rivalry week. Because after Thanksgiving, that's that Friday, Saturday slate, some Thursday stuff. Because let's just talk about next week. Because some games will kick off before I get a chance to talk to you on episode 12 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. I mean, next Friday, day after Thanksgiving, you get... Cincinnati and Memphis, That's they're ranked number 19 and number 18 right now. That's 330 on ABC. You get App State Troy, which is a nice rivalry game. App State's ranked right now. You get you know Oregon State, Oregon, Colorado, Utah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. That's going to be a battle of top 25 teams. Ohio State, Michigan, the big one. That's at Michigan this year. Clemson, South Carolina, you know, still a rivalry game. Georgia, Georgia Tech, again, still a rivalry game. So you get that going for you, which is nice. Get the Iron Bowl, Alabama, Auburn, Wisconsin, and, and Minnesota. That's a game between two teams that are basically dependent on how things sh- shake out this week. And that could be a battle for the Big Ten West. The winner would probably get Ohio State unless Ohio State slips up over the next couple of weeks. So you get some really good games next weekend. And some of those do take place on Friday. Bulk of them on Saturday, but some of them do take place on Friday. So... Next week will probably be a, a zero or one rake kind of day. But today, however, it's a four rake day. Unless, dear listener, you happen to be me. Because I, good friends, I will be in College Park to see the three and seven Maryland Terrapins host the four and six Nebraska Cornhuskers. And the forecast as it stands right now, recording this on Friday night, 46 and rainy. And you might be thinking, well, you get the credentials, right? You're going to be up in the press box. No, 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 my friends. I'm going as a fan. I'm going to be in the stands wearing some Nebraska gear in the cold rain to 
watch two teams with losing records in the Big Ten square off. So it's a zero rake day for your boy. Got a chilly and wet one to boot. But it's still football. And speaking of football, we get more football to come your way in a second because we get to the meat, the heart, the nuts and bolts of this show. Some of the best of what we had to offer here at Pat's Pulpit this week on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. That is ahead on episode 11 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 11 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. And it's time to get to the meat and potatoes of this show. Some of the best stuff we had over at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network this previous week. And we kick it off with episode 40 of the Sco Show, which was yet again a glorious victory edition. We were happy to get back in the win column. And I kicked off the show with a discussion about the Patriots' defense against Philadelphia. Let's start with the great stuff. And I think... As we have so many times this season, we have to start on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe we didn't think we'd start there. After all, Patriots go down 10-0 early on the road. You're probably not thinking this is going to be a a good game. A lot of people were probably having Baltimore flashbacks. But the defense got so much better as this game went on. It's almost hysterical to think about. Because after going down 10-0, you give up a field goal on the opening drive, which was aided by a pass interference call. That was really the big play on that drive. Then you force a three and out, but then you give up the 16-play, 95-yard touchdown drive. That's when a lot of us were having flashbacks to Baltimore, I bet. After that drive, here's what the Eagles did on offense from a drive-to-drive basis. Three plays, minus seven yards, and a punt. Two plays, minus six yards, and a fumble. Five plays, 21 yards, and a punt. Now we're into the third quarter. Three plays, six yards, and a punt. Five plays, five yards, and a punt. Three plays, two yards, and a punt. Five plays, 19 yards, and a punt. Four plays, 27 yards, and a punt. 11 plays, 68 yards, and a turnover on downs. And finally, three plays, 30 yards, and a Hail Mary that comes up incomplete. That's it. That's tremendous from this defense. And it was a mixture of factors that played into this from watching this game live. You started to see some pressure. You started to see them get to Wentz a little bit. We started to see some hesitation from Wentz. Talked about that going into this week. There were some times when he held on to the ball too long. He was decisive on the touchdown throw. Really pulled the trigger there on that throw, but... There were a lot of times when he was really slow with his reads. A lot of times during that game where you saw Wentz double clutch on throws that might have been there. So that played a role as well. Then on Tuesday, we had episode 171 of the Pat's Pulpit podcast. And here, Rich and Alec talk about, again, the Patriots defense and the next man up mentality that we saw on display Sunday afternoon. Yeah, no, they were. And it started with the secondary. I thought that with that 95-yard drive I talked about, it took like almost 10 minutes off the clock. A lot of interior runs, a lot of good domination by the Eagles offensive linings, the Patriots front seven. I think the Patriots did a lot more under uh, press man coverage in the secondary, which gave away a lot of the early options for Wentz. And that allowed the defense on the front of the ball to, to really open up more. And once that adjustment was made, <clears throat> they started going a little more press Totally flipped the script of this game, and they were pressuring Wentz. 
He was only sacked, uh, he's like five times, which is pretty awesome. Uh, he had that big turnover, which, which was good. I thought the linebackers looked good. They weren't over committing, over pursuing the way they were against Lamar Jackson. And I'm just so impressed with the secondary. It's easy to overlook them because they don't make a whole lot of plays because they're just top coverage is that tight. But when the secondary is that good and you're covering these receivers that well, it really opens things up up front. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, outside of that one really long 95-yard drive that the Eagles had in 9 minutes, 33 seconds off the clock that went into the uh, the second quarter, other than that drive, the Patriots defense pretty much locked them down. You know, they had that opening drive field goal, but that was based off of you know, that giant defense of pass interference call against Jason McCourty. So other than that, Patriots did a very, very good job containing them. You have to be extraordinarily happy with how everyone performed. Uh, I liked that Terrence Brooks stepped up in the wake of Patrick Chung not playing. He had two passes defended, added two quarterback hits, uh, and led the team with seven tackles. And he did a very good job matching up against the the tight ends. Yeah, he allowed, uh, I believe it was a third down conversion to Dallas Godair. But outside of that, he stepped up as well as you could expect with Patrick Chung out of the lineup. And uh, you have to just be very happy that the next man up mentality is really working. Wednesday brought episode 41 of the Sco Show, and it brought back our great friend Michael J. Kiss to the show. The co-host of the QB Sco Show, as well as the co-host of the Kiss and Solak Show over at Bleeding Green Nation, gave his thoughts as an outside observer, as an Eagles fan, on the state of the Patriots' offense. I don't. I don't think it's a lost cause at all. I mean, I think it's a. It's a pretty average offense when you look at the production that they've been able to put up throughout the season Tom Brady is Tom Brady and I'm not gonna nail him too hard for a bad game in this one there was some you know wind and and other things in play he had some scattershot accuracy in the beginning of the game when they were getting pressure but I mean when you get to that tempo and you're able to run that turbo offense and kind of make things vanilla I thought Brady was really on point they were able to hurt the Eagles that way and ultimately you walk out with a W and they do just enough on offense to get the job done I I am never betting against the Patriots, and I mean, I am never thinking that at week 11, you know, we've fully figured out what the Patriots are going to be. I think this year, more than any, they're still trying to figure out what their identity is because they're also dealing with some personnel issues and some changing issues there. So I expect them to get things right for the playoffs and be anywhere from a, from a serviceable, competent to above average offense when the games really start to matter. And right now they're on a path to uh, – to be at home for some games in the playoffs. So I, I can't have a bleak outlook on this. I know Patriots fan expects, you know, excellence all the time because that's what they've gotten. Uh, it's not necessarily been that. I don't understand how you can be really worried at the end of the day because they've proven so many times that they can get over the hump. We had two shows for you on Thursday. First up was episode 172 of the Pat's Pulpit podcast. And here, Rich and Alec talk about the return of the savior, Isaiah Wynn. Especially since Rich Hill, Tom Brady is now going to have all day to throw back there with the return of Isaiah Wynn. The savior returns. All is going to be well with this guy, right? <laughs> the left tackle is back. It's all we've been waiting for. Everything that's gone wrong with the offense at this point is completely because he was out. And now that he's going to be back, it's all going to be fine, right? Oh, that's it's how true. It's work? Yeah, absolutely. That's all, all right. that. That's all it was. You know, he's the Band-Aid that makes everything work, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, good. Thank goodness. I was worried about that. Hey, honestly, and this is going to be uh, maybe a cop-out, but based on recent performance, uh, based on how he 
conducted himself in the post-game press conference and interviews this week. Uh, I'm going Tom Brady as my X factor. I think he knows he's not playing that well. I think he knows the offense is not living up to its potential and it's starting to piss him off a little bit. And nothing makes me happier than an angry Tom Brady. Um, as long as he can rally the troops and get himself back to where he knows he can be, I think this is a great chance for a bounce-back game from Tom Brady. Uh, usually when they're kind of despondent and upset with how they performed, it's usually in a loss. So maybe that's something to do with it. But I think this is a good chance for Tommy B to put up 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and, and really remind the league that he's still here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he has not been producing well this season. Uh, right now he has thrown a touchdown on 3.5% uh, of his pass attempts, which, uh, checking my notes, is the lowest of his entire career. Uh, it's the only season he has below 4%. That was 2013 at 4%. So 2019 has not been kind to Tom Brady. Uh, I expect that maybe not like a full eruption against this Cowboys defense, which is pretty talented, but it, he's due, right? Tom Brady is due to have a solid day because I don't think he's bad. I just think that there hasn't been enough opportunities for this offense to produce. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe it is just Isaiah Wynn. He's just been what yeah, the Patriots have been it. missing this entire time. Yep. Isaiah Wynn is back. Offensive line's fine. The run game opens up. The play action opens up. The receivers open up. Everything is completely dependent upon Isaiah Wynn. And now that he's back and healthy, all is right with the world, Rich. Totally. That's how it's going to work because we're patient. And we are delusional sometimes, so I'm just going to ride this one out. Then on episode 42 of the Sco Show, I was joined by RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys, and he told me what he would need to see for his Monday tradition of a victory polo Monday to continue. And we closed out the week with episode 53 of Patriot Nation, and in this installment, Ryan Spagnoli was joined by Brian Phillips as a host, as Pat Lane had the week off, and they also had on Taylor Kyle, so you had all three writers from Pat's pulpit diving into the Patriots, and in this clip, Taylor gets inside the head of one Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely, and I think Brady seems, the way he is in the press conferences, it seems like knowing him and the competitor he is, I think he's putting a lot of it on himself which is fair because he's definitely, like you said, Brian, he's missing in the red zone. He's making some throws that really aren't great either decision-wise or ball placement-wise. Like you said, he's clearly not comfortable, which I think partially the reason this offense is struggling, obviously, is the offensive line. Shaq Mason's coming on, which has been huge. But Marshall Newhouse, you know, I defend the guy because I think people are just way too mean to a guy that wasn't on a team and they picked up off the street when offensive line depth isn't great around the league. Um, obviously, getting win back is going to help that. But at the same time, you're seeing guys like Brady and Edelman, who you rely on a lot, making a lot of the mistakes in times that they can't be making them. We had the Edelman drop in the end zone, which was also on Brady because he actually threw it a little bit behind and gave the cornerback time to make up for it. And then there was obviously the Edelman fumble and Brady's missing on some third downs. So there's a lot of moments where they need to be making plays, where they usually make plays, and they're just not coming up with those. So it's not really so much, I think, coming from the other guys, like the supporting cast. Dorsett's doing his job. Sanu has done a really great job since coming in. I think James White is doing well with what he has, but the screen game hasn't been working for a few different reasons. You know, I think partially against the Eagles, a lot of that was actually on the linebackers doing a great job reading it. And then the, li and then the line getting pressure, getting in Brady's face and forcing him to throw it a tick later. There were a couple of plays actually where the screen, just the timing was off a little bit. In both times, the Patriots could have gotten huge gains. That one, I remember where they threw it to Edelman early in the game on a screen and a look that looked exactly like actually his touchdown pass, except the back was split to the other side of the field. 
And Edelman had a lot of field. He could have gotten at least 40 yards out of it, but it looked like he tripped over someone's foot and then it kind of threw off everything. So you want to see these guys come up in these moments and take advantage of opportunities, especially with the defense playing like it is. But like you see in the way that Brady's responding, they're just not getting it done. So there you have it, friends. Just a little taste of some of the best we had to offer here this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. As always, you can subscribe to the shows by subscribing to the feed, the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, wherever you get your shows, you can find us. Also, don't forget, friends, we will be back, hopefully, with a glorious victory edition of the SCO Show sometime after the game ends on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening between the New England Patriots and the Dallas Cowboys. Don't forget to follow along for patspulpit.com to keep up to date with everything that happens over the weekend. Because as always, from the front office, to the advanced scouts, to the coaching staff, to the players, and yes, to everybody at Pat's Pulpit, including the host of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, there are no days off.